everybody. Welcome to REI Partners. It's uh, Thursday, the 17th of November. We, uh, we have a pretty good turnout today, surprisingly. We got a whole bunch of guys on the call and gals, nine people on in person, which is pretty, pretty awesome for a workday afternoon. Um, I'm just going to cut straight to the point. We got a pretty awesome group and show today. Uh, Matt Pizan is calling in to talk about his um, quite amazing journey from a full-time career into full-time real estate. So we're just going to go around the room. I'll uh, give you a shout by name if you want to do a quick 30-second intro about each person, and then we'll end with Matt, and then you just take it from there and um, start your story if that's all right. Cool. Richard, you're on. Hey, thanks everyone for joining uh, the call today with REI Partners. Matt and I have uh, have garnered a, uh, a, a bit of a following and uh, we're happy about that. My name is Richard Clark. I uh, run a private equities company uh, working one-on-one -on -one with capital investors to develop managed portfolios. And uh, you've, uh, you'll hear about me on uh, a number of our calls as well as Matt uh, Morrow, since we have three Matts on the call today. And uh, welcome aboard, everyone. All right, we'll keep the trend going with Matt Arujo. Hey, everyone, I'm Matt. Um, I'm a full-time grad student. Um, I'm pretty new to all this. I'm, I'm here to learn from all of you. And um, I'm happy to be here. And um, I'm, I live in New York. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Uh, Alex. Hi, everybody. This is my first call. I'm really glad to be here. I was actually so excited that apparently I showed up a week early. So I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> and I sat on the call because I actually thought I was going to be like two minutes late. And I was like, oh, crap, did I get kicked out because I'm late? And then I realized, no, I was a week early. So I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> um, so I'm looking in uh, Northampton and Lehigh County to invest. And I'm um, looking for like JV and wholesaling deals right now until I can get into short-term and midterm rentals. This is my second round in real estate. So I'm really hoping that it sticks this time. <laughs> um, anything else? That's up to you. <laughs> what do you want to share? <laughs> no, I'll leave it at that for now. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, ben. Uh, what's going on everyone? Uh, my name is Ben Fisher. I'm a full-time undergraduate student. Uh, I work with Matt at the, well, Matt is, Matt teaches me at the real estate lab in Allentown. And I had a little bit of time today, so I thought I'd just hop on the call and, you know, learn some new stuff. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Elaine. Hey there, everyone. Um, I am new to all of this. This is my first call here. I'm acquainted with Richard for over a decade and acquainted with Matthew Morrow for quite a while too. And um, I run my own business. I'm very interested in bringing in investors and maybe even looking at having my own managed portfolio. Uh, so I'm uh, just here to learn as much as possible. I have a background in real estate insurance and as a sales trainer as well and business consultant. So pretty well-rounded there. And uh, again, I'm really here to, to learn more about uh, where to where to go forward. So awesome. good to be here. Thanks, Elaine. Ken? Well, good afternoon. I am Matt's dad. I am recently retired. and. Uh, I apologize I don't have a picture because I'm running off an old 
machine, it's running Linux. So it's, uh, it's not the greatest, but anyway, uh, new to investing actually, Matt, myself and my wife just settled on a five unit, uh, property this week. And I'm looking forward to learning more. That's Feels it. pretty damn good to say that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Love it. John. Hi, my name is John Wargo. I live here in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, I am a full-time realtor. Um, I'm also licensed in as a realtor in the state of Colorado. Uh, I just moved back here. I'm a past um, investor. Uh, I've been working with Matt uh, now for the last couple months. Um, this is probably my uh, about a year now I've been attending these uh, the meetups. And uh, for those of you who it's your first time, you're going to love it. John and I are also pretty much neck and neck partners with every real estate deal moving forward as agents. We're, we're tag teaming it. There's a lot of business for investors out there. And he and I have been working very, very closely with everything. So he won't say that, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I won't leave you in the stand. <laughs> right on. I think that's everybody. Anybody miss checking in? All right. Matt, you're... Uh, your show, man. All right. Well, Matt and Richard and the group, thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for, for having me today. Um, Matt, it's been great getting to know you over the last couple of months, and it's a true pleasure to be here and to, to talk with all of you and share some things. I really hope to, to uh, that some of the things I have to say will help all of you. And please interrupt if you have any questions as I'm going through things. Uh, I want this to be as helpful for you as possible, and hopefully you'll get value out of hearing what I've done. So um, the high level summary. So um, I, I was a practicing chemical engineer uh, up until very recently for uh, 12 years. And um, now I'm a full-time real estate investor. Um, and I also do some work with the real estate lab in Allentown. And Ben, I didn't know you were on the call. That's fantastic. Good for you, man. Um, so uh, a little bit of background, um, and I'll, I want to take you through the, the action item for today is really to take you through the concrete steps of dub, from W-2 full-time job to now full-time investor. How does that happen? And so I'm going to take about 15 to 30 minutes and, and go through that progression for you. So um, I'm originally from the Lehigh Valley. I was born in Allentown, um, and uh, I, I grew up in the greater Lehigh Valley between Allentown and Reading. And I, I went to Lafayette College for undergrad. I did, uh, I completed my chemical engineering degree and I did a Spanish degree. And uh, I was, I've always been, and I'm also a musician. Um, I've, I've always really appreciated how there's an order to things, whether it's notes on a staff and music or uh, there's rules to mathematics or physics or thermodynamics. There's a, a set of principles that if you follow them, they lead you down a, a path. And if you don't follow the principles, you either sound like you're playing off tune or, or something happens in the lab or, or something doesn't work correctly because the principles weren't followed. So one of the things that I hope that you get out of this conversation is trying to glean some of those wealth building principles that, that I've been able to put into practice. And whether it's music or engineering or or anything of that nature, or even sports, there's a concrete set of rules. And if you understand them and follow them, you can be very successful. But if you don't follow them, you can, um, you can be penalized. So I've really started to understand that there's, there's patterns in, in uh, either the season, cyclical nature of some things, 
and I apply those just into wealth building and finance. So um, after graduating from Lafayette, uh, I, I worked for three years for Air Products here locally um, in the career development program. So I did, um, I did a rotational program. I learned different roles. The economy wasn't that good at the time. Um, it was uh, 2010, 2011. So the roles were okay. Um, uh, finally, in my third rotation, I got into a plant startup role, which was really cool. I was out in Ohio starting up large oxygen plants and, and nitrogen plants. And, um, but I, I had a, an inkling that I wanted to do something else or more. I, I just didn't know what. But the thing that I knew that I really wanted to do, though, was go back to Spain. Um, I, I studied Spanish. I wanted to become fluent in, a, in another language. And so I went to um, IE Business School. I was awarded a Fulbright scholarship to go do my master's in Madrid. I did it all in Spanish. So every this conversation would have been in Spanish. Every negotiation, every test, every presentation was all in Spanish. And um, I, I just really fell in love with the culture and, and with the people and, and, and being bilingual and, and seeing, seeing the world from a different lens. And in one of the classes, it was about stocks and bonds and trading. And I never really understood that stuff. I still, I, I still intellectually get it, but I don't really practice it. I, I, but we, there was a small subset of the material on real estate and it just, it, it all made sense for me. It just lit up. And I knew in that class in the first two months of my master's degree that I, um, that I wanted to do real estate investing when I got back to the States. So I did the rest of the curriculum. We learned a lot about a lot of other stuff for the typical MBA curriculum, but I, I just knew that real estate was what I wanted to do. Uh, so I got back. I, I worked for Air Products again for another uh, about two and a half years. And I just started diving into real estate investing, but I was working full time. <laughs> so I was listening to everything I could get my hands on, podcasts, books. I read hundreds of books. I was just, I became obsessed, frankly. I, I wanted to understand this real estate game and I read everything. I built spreadsheets, I built models. Everything in my spare time was doing this, this new thing. I went and saw properties. There were foreclosures at the time. In 2014, there's barely any now, but I would, I would wake up at, at 6 a.m. and get breakfast with a group of investors, kind of like this. And then from 7 to 8.30, we would talk about real estate and other things. And then from nine to noon, we would see properties and then we would debrief and we'd evaluate each one and say why it was or wasn't a good deal. And that was just, that was the highlight of my, my week. I loved it. And uh, um, that was really how I, I got started. Then in 2014, I bought my first property and uh, that, that was it. I was, I was hooked. I mean, it was hard. I, I did a flip in 2015. It took me a year. I lost $5,000. It was terrible. I realized I didn't want to flip. <laughs> So, um, and that was while I was working full time. Um, then I, I took a new job and went to a competitor of Air Products and um, I kept working full time and I kept buying and I kept working and buying and I would go see properties. I'd either take a half day off or I'd see properties on the weekend. And uh, I would um, I would just, I, I was putting in offers and, and buying more properties. And then as the market went up in value and prices increased, I did cash out refinances to buy more. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. Um, in, in all, um, I, I said earlier, I was in industry for 12 years. And all that time, I was constantly double hatting. Nine of those years, I had owned a property. Um, and as I was buying more. So um, then I finally transitioned out of the corporate space. The opportunity cost of retaining that job was just too high. And, and now I'm looking for deals and doing deals full time. 
I closed on 13 units yesterday um, in Schuylkill County, and I have another seven under contract now that'll close in the next three weeks. So, um, and that's just the culmination of months of, there's always an iron in the fire and, and constantly just trying to work on deals. And that's where I'm at right now. So I wanted to take you, so that's a little bit about my, my background. Um, for the next 10, 15 minutes, I, I wanted to take you through kind of step-by-step what you can do um, if you're in a full-time job right now, um, how you can start, and you don't necessarily have to quit your job and you know buy thousands of units, but it, all, the framework that I'm going to give you is, it's valid whether you want to uh, buy 10 units or three units, or if you want to scale into hundreds of units, it's the same principles that you can use to grow your business as you work full-time. So, um, Number one is your personal investment philosophy and your mindset. Um, you need to identify what your goals are and what you'd like to do and where you'd like your business to go. And also think about your mindset. Do you have a scarcity mindset or a growth mindset? Do you have a, a mindset of a consumer or a producer? Do you have the mindset, do you have the mindset of a, an entrepreneur or maybe of a consumer of a product or service? And Wherever you are today, it, it doesn't matter. You can shift how you think about things and that lens that you see the world through. That's the most important thing because if you're not thinking like an investor and you're not thinking like a business owner, you can end up making a lot of mistakes or you can end up being too far into the weeds on your business or you could end up um, maybe not following your own contracts or agreements with your vendors or your customers because you just want to help them and you're not thinking about who might be harmed by your actions that if you're not getting paid under an agreement, who that might affect. So you have to really hone in on your mentality and your mindset in order to be successful in this business. And it's hard because you're right at that stage, you're a W-2 employee. So you're, you're working as an employee, but at the same time, you're having to think differently. And it's, it's, it's like a, uh, it, it's like a two-pronged thinking. You have to think a certain way in your job, but then another way for your business and it's, uh, um, it's, it's challenging. So after you really hone in on your mindset, and, and um, there's a whole bunch of books and podcasts on mindsets, I, I won't get into all the various resources, but you can, you can whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's, it's Tony Robbins or, or any of the, I, I follow uh, Darren Hardy a lot. I, I listen to his daily, um, uh, his daily, uh, like, uh, what is it, Darren Daily stuff that he does. Um, and there's just, there's tons of other resources on mindset that, that could be recommended, but really get your mindset right before you start. Next, after your mindset, now you have to buy a property. <laughs> so in order to do that, you need to have your personal finances in order, because if you're not managing your finances, uh, you're not going to be managing a property's finances for a family that's living in that property. So you really need to get you right. So what do I mean by your personal financial situation? That's your credit score. So um, in the real estate lab, I do credit counseling with all the students and they, they have various scores uh, from poor to good. And the goal is how can we maximize your score in the fastest amount of time possible so that you can qualify for a loan and buy your first property or your next property. So that's all about how much debt do you have? Is it student loans? Um, what credit card debt do you have that, that could be paid off? Um, how much, how, how much, time or what age have you had for your credit history? Uh, should you get a secured credit card or not get a secured credit card? 
all these things um, really are important because at the end of the day, it's just a number and your lender pulls it and it's good or it's not good, right? So that's number one. And then another thing we do in the real estate lab um, is we talk about maximizing your income and minimizing your expenses. So when I was starting out, I took it to an extreme and I probably shouldn't have, but I was living in a friend's basement for like $300 a month and just, I was saving everything. I was eating terrible food, um, unhealthy food just to like, cause it was like a dollar for like a cup of noodles. And like, I shouldn't have been doing that, but I wanted to pay off my loans as fast as possible uh, for my education at Lafayette. Looking back, I should have probably focused more on increasing my income and because it's debt to income is the ratio that the lenders use. So I, instead of reducing my debt, I should have increased my income, but you live and you learn. I guess it took me a couple of years in the basement to figure that out. Um, so after you, then you really need to maximize that income. That could be taking a part-time job. Lenders love uh, W-2 income. They really, really love it. So if you have W-2 um, medium to high income, it's fantastic. You could take a part-time W-2 role and really juice that income because lenders love W-2. It's predictable. It comes every two weeks. It's from a reliable source. It's not 1099 that you're having to go out and hustle and you might not get it next month, right? So, um, and, and next, I mean, a huge one um, for your personal financial situation and wherewithal, just your education, podcasts, just dive into all that and really soak up as much as you can. Read books, read as much as you can and uh, do podcasts, you know, if you're in the, if you're in the, the car driving to and from your commute, my car was my mobile university and it still is. Um, you know, I, I look at that time as I'll just put something on instead of sports or music, just what can I learn today? Um, so after your mindset and once you really break out and understand your personal financial situation and your next steps there to improve your bankability, then you need to understand what market you want to invest in and why, and your team. Your team is, the market's extremely important because if there's no jobs and there's no employment opportunities, there won't be people. Um, so the market's key. I know this is Lehigh Valley focus, so we'll assume the market's Lehigh Valley. It's a great economy, very diverse, larger than like two states. Um, so it's a great place to invest and proximity-wise to New York, New Jersey, other places. Um, but next, your team is huge uh, because who's operating your property? And to start, it might be you, it might be your family, but um, that's it's so important. Who's your lender? Who are your contractors? Who's your property manager? Who's your insurance agent? All these things can make or break you uh, because it's not, investing isn't a solo game. It's a team sport. So um, having the right team is crucial. And then once you have your market and your team right, after that point, then you start looking for the property. A lot of newer investors just, they want to go online and just, I just want to find a property. And they don't think about, okay, is this in a good location? Who's going to manage this? Who will my lender be? They jump right to the property because that's fun and there are pictures online. But you really need to start with your mindset, your personal financial situation, your team and your market first. Um, and then once you find, so once you have those four things, the next step is to find the right property and um, in today's market, that's tough. It really is, I'll be honest, because um, there's a lot of competition. There's, there's fewer homes available than in the past. So you have to, I, I do, uh, and what I'd like to give the group as a, a, my give to this, this group is, and Matt, you and I talked about this, a really good resource for you to find good properties is called Deal Machine. 
Um, Deal Machine is, you, it's basically an app that as you're driving around, you can take pictures of properties and if they're in disrepair and the website and you put in the address, the website will pull the public record and start sending postcards to those owners. And you could make it like, hey, you know, it, is this your property? I'd like to buy it. Call me at, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and put your email address. And then the system automatically sends out postcards to these properties that, that are in disrepair. Some of them will bounce back. Sometimes you get calls, but it's, um, it's a, a strong platform for generating leads, especially as you're starting out to drive around and find properties. Um, so that's, that's finding the right property, but you could do anything. You could cold call, you could text, you could mail letters, uh, you can door knock, you can, I mean, just, just Google how to find real estate properties off market, or you can work through an agent, work, you know, work, work with the agents on this call. Right. And, and there's opportunities that before they even list, they may bring to you. I mean, there's, there's scores of ways you could find deals. Um, then you need to underwrite the deal. You need to understand the risk of the deal and you need to put a value on the deal so that you understand if you're overpaying or not. Um, and we could dive into the details of all of this, but I mean, that's the real thing about the property. You have to buy right and you have to finance it right. And you have to operate it right. You have to underrate it right. And you have to understand all the risks. And then uh, a couple more things. And then um, I'll start to ramp down on my suggestions. Cash reserves, key. It's so crucial because you don't know when the roof is going to have an issue, a water heater is going to fail, a boiler is going to fail. Um, there could be an unpredicted event that no one saw coming, like, I don't know, a global pandemic that shuts everything down. And you need to have cash, not just to purchase the property, but to withstand the impacts of unforeseen events. We don't know what could happen. There could be a value-wide rent control motion. You, you don't know what could happen to you. And you need to be prepared for anything. And the most important way to do that first is buying right. Buy at a discount. Um, because you 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 reduce your risk when you buy low um, and uh, also maintain your cash reserves. So with all those things in mind, and then you buy your first right property, you buy the first property right, then you need to operate it right. You need to respond to your tenant's needs. You need to, uh, need to follow the lease and uh, you need to maintenance concerns are the biggest thing. So make sure you have contractors and people you can trust and the group can refer you to people. Um, but make sure that you're operating properly. Um, so that th those are the those are the steps there to, and then then you look to repeat it. So um, then you buy your next property and don't rush into the next one. Really get your feet wet and, and understand. And over time, you'll build confidence. You'll build relationships. It's a people business. It really is. You're you're providing services to the community, to tenants, uh, to uh, banks. You're giving them a return. Insurance companies. You're the hub of all these people and they're counting on you to deliver value uh, to all of them. And so you need to be responsible. And so don't just don't over leverage and jump into the next property, be smart and be prudent and participate in groups like this so that you can ask questions and uh, get guidance. Um, so that's, those are really the steps. So, and maybe taking a step back then, all this is going on while you're working full time, right? So <laughs> you have your day job. Many of you may have families. I have a 14 month old son. Um, you know, my, my wife and I, you know, we're, we're, and we were both working full time at the time as well. So it's, it's about balance and um, doing what you need to do in your job, but also trying to build toward what you're really passionate about and growing your real estate portfolio and building your assets. Um, and how do you balance all those things? 
health, family, your job, your investments, uh, spirituality, other all the areas of your life, your emotional health, um, and, and and doing all those things while growing this new part of your life. It's not easy. It's going to be very hard. But um, if done properly and implemented the right way, it can be very uh, helpful to the community and, and for your own well-being and wealth. Um, so those are the tips uh, for, or the, the steps of going from full-time to uh, real estate investor full-time or even just building a smaller portfolio. Um, so with that, um, I, I guess uh, we can open up for, for questions or comments on any of those areas. Yeah, hey, Matt, this is Richard. Hey, Richard. You're you quick on the gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey, just, a quick, just a quick question, Matt. When did you, uh, at what level of income did you decide to leave your job? Yeah, it, it wasn't. Uh, so I sold 11 single families so far this year. And um, really, it's, I guess I'm, I made 10 times more, well, maybe eight times more in just the capital gains from the properties that I'd purchased over my compared to what my salary was. And I realized, wow, so I could sell, you know, eight, you know, basically one, one single family was almost my annual salary. And I realized, wow, um, I could do this. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> like you I have assets behind too. me to support, you know, there's value there. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. So you did more flips than you did buy and hold, right. Starting out. Well, I did almost all buy and hold. I, I, I've barely flipped anything, maybe like two or three properties I've sold in under a year. So everything that I, those properties that I sold, I'd owned for seven or eight years. Okay. Good. Thank you. Sure. Matt, I think um, your, the way you presented that hits a lot of us really, really close to home. I know there's at least one, two, three, four of you who are actively asking this question how to start like i need the w2 but i need this to make it happen and the way you laid that out was so like perfect that i think all of us could take something from this and especially people are going to watch this video in the future which most of them are just you know getting started um we do have several full-time real estate investors that are on the call um and in the group but the way you laid that out was just it was perfect so thank you very much for i mean everyone on the call is looking in the, the lehigh valley and other places but i i really appreciate how you presented that from a high level that's good yeah yeah happy to share absolutely what other questions does the group have I know you people have some. I'm going to start picking on people soon. <laughs> I have a quick question. Um, so how do you fund or how did you fund um, most of your deals early on in your investing career? That's a great question. Um, so with the full-time job came an income and I was very almost too disciplined about making sure that I kept almost all of that money as opposed to spending it on inflated rent or um, other expenses, trips, you know, it, 
cars, whatever. And so I live very frugally to start and still do and always will because it's just a, a, a principle that I have. Um, but um, in the beginning, I, so I had a car paid off, but once I understood the value of leverage, I actually took a loan against that car because I had no debt. And then I used that as a down payment. And in addition to the savings that I had, um, because I think I was paying like 1.5% or maybe 1% on the car. And I figured, well, I got to be doing better than that in real estate. So I, I just, I leveraged my car and, uh, and, and purchased the, uh, purchased a house. And then another, uh, to afford the down payment, I also used an, the FHA program. So I, I bought a four unit in Allentown and lived in one unit and, um, I was able to put three and a half percent down on that property. So that's another creative way where, um, and you can even finance the closing costs. So that's how I bought a four unit with, I think I spent like, I think I put down like $13,000 or something like that for four units. And, um, and then it appreciated over time. And then as those, as you have those assets over the years, you can refinance them or you can sell them and harvest that equity as, um, as the, the, as the nominal price of the property goes up. So that's, that's what I did starting out. I was just very frugal. Um, then I did other work on the side too. Um, you know, freelancing stuff, Upwork, you know, di different stuff to, to try to save as much as I could and just plow it into real estate. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Matt, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. When did you know there was a day probably that you remember where you determined that this was the switch. What, what was that like? I couldn't do it all anymore. Like I'm the type of person where there was just a day where I realized that I would, I, I couldn't even work if I worked around the clock and didn't sleep that I wouldn't be able to complete all of the tasks to the level that I expect of myself. And that for my personal brand, even as an employee, I expect a certain level of excellence for everything that I do, um, that I'm personally involved with, whether I'm doing that, that task or delegating that task to someone else. If it's associated with me, it has to be to a certain caliber of excellence and I couldn't do it all. <laughs> so I realized, uh, I have to make a choice. <laughs> so it, it wasn't one particular event or I missed something or it, it was just, I, I can't, I, I couldn't anymore. And I wasn't able to give my whole, I wasn't able to be present enough for my family and, or do what I needed to do um, from, for tasks at work. And I just realized, look, I have to make a choice here. And uh, I made my choice. And you have a team now, right? What is your management structure or your team look like? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't uh, elaborate on that. So I have a virtual lead manager. Um, she sits uh, not in the Lehigh Valley, uh, but she answers phones and um, manages our CRM and does a bunch of lead intake type uh, things. She follows up. She, she, um, if a lead hasn't been touched in 30 days, she's, she's calling them or texting them. And then um, I have various 1099 employees. I, so along with the frugality mentality that I still maintain, I want to maintain a very, very lean 
team and structure because I don't want overhead that then has to potentially be shed later or that I could do by not hiring full time. So that's a choice that I've made. Now, some people want to build an in-house team and vertically integrate right out of the gate. I don't. Um, I, so I don't, people ask me all the time, Matt, with all your units, why don't you, why don't you own a management company? Because I don't want to, <laughs> I want to focus on more deals. I don't want full-time employees. And now I, I will, I I'm getting, I'm in the process of hiring someone part-time that will lead to a full-time role for lead, lead acquisitions. There'll be an acquisitions manager, but the, so back to the structure, um, it, everything's 1099. So I have people on up, up work that help me out with design stuff, with website stuff, with uh, various vendors for the SEO stuff that I do, um, for the letters that I send out, the, the various lead gen, it's all 1099. Um, and then I'm running, I'm, I'm somewhat of the central hub, but um, I'm starting to hire out more and build more and more systems and processes so that I can... Uh, continue to grow because at the end of the day, just like in my job, there's, there's only so much time and I can only go see so many deals just by myself. And so I need someone else because there's more deal flow potential, I believe, especially as the market changes. Um, I want to be ready to go after opportunity. And if it's just me, I can only do so much by myself. So that's a long-winded answer, Matt, but um, it, it's basically a, a lead manager. It's going to be a, a part-time person and then like four um, 1099s. But then all the management, I mean, that's a whole other company, the property manager. Mm -hmm. Like they have FTEs associated with my units. I mean, it's probably, it's probably like four or five of them. They just have the FTEs on their side, on their payroll. And then it just comes off of my rents, which are built into the deal that I buy. So I don't buy a deal unless if management can be afforded and then they hire the FTE, not me. And you use so. Empire Property Management? I do, yes. Yeah. And they handle everything I love from Empire. leasing all the I way through. Empire. Yeah, I love Empire Property Management. Awesome. Yeah. Who else out there has some questions? I have one. Sure. So what would be your advice to someone who maybe doesn't have quite as linear of a path in life as what you've had? Well, my, my advice is that it doesn't matter what happened before. It's where are you going? And I would say it starts with education um, and getting, like I said, the first step is, is really getting your mindset and understanding what your goals are and what your, your personal investment philosophy is. And saying, okay, regardless of maybe I didn't have a linear path or maybe I didn't have a moment that I said, wow, real estate investing makes sense. Um, then you can decide and say, okay, well, regardless of what happened in the past, I'm here now, I want to do this and then start getting educated and figuring out your goals and putting together a plan. Um, that's a little bit high level. I don't know if you wanted something more concrete, but it really just comes down to hunger. Like if, if you decide... I have to do this and I have no other option. I'm going to do this. You'll figure it out. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter what happened before. It's where are you going? That matters. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Of course. About <laughs> no, no, no. All, all good. <laughs> so Matt, there's a, a few guys on the call now and a, quite a few that are going to watch this later who are looking for the first deal. Um, and I know at the lab, 
you talk with the guys there and the gals about how to find the deal and being hungry enough to find it. And that on market, there are some deals, but you get out of it what you put into it and finding something truly off market is where you make your best opportunities typically. Um, what kind of advice do you have for people looking maybe more on a general level, not just the Lehigh Valley, although everyone mm -hmm. here would consider an investment in the Lehigh Valley, um, for them to find and underwrite their first property? Obviously, you need someone to help you through it, but what kind of advice would you have for that scenario? Yeah, for underwriting your first property. So, I mean, or, or for properties, I, I would say repetition is very important. So I wouldn't just underwrite one and say, well, how can I make it work and then try to buy it? I mean, I would underwrite a hundred deals. I mean, when I was, when I was getting started and at that time, there were properties that you could physically go into, which was good, but, and the online game in 2014 was really starting to come alive. Um, but now everything's at your fingertips. So you could take a virtual tour. I would argue it's even easier to get started today because you, you have realtor.com, you have Zillow, you have Trulia, you have, you have uh, LoopNet, you have all these sites. Everything is, all this information is out there. Now the challenge is it can become more cluttered because there's this information, but I would underwrite a hundred deals. You know, I would, I would just look at, okay, what's my income? What do I think? And you could use um, sites like rentometer.com or you could to, to evaluate what the income is, or you could ask an agent, or you could go on like um, Lehigh County Housing Authority and look at what's fair market rent for a three bedroom apartment. Um, so there's all these different things that you could find about your income. And then you, you can look at, well, what are my expenses? And you could put together just a really quick, like if, if you have to, if you have to overly analyze a deal and go back and forth for a really long time and it doesn't make just really simple sense um, with, okay, what's my income and what are all my expenses and what's my bottom line income? If, if it's really too tight and you're making no income or like 50 bucks, it's, you don't have to split hairs and it's probably not worth your time. Um, so, I mean, that, that would be my advice. Just, just look, look online, underwrite properties, look at a hundred of them, right? Just make a very, very simple spreadsheet income, like rent, and then expenses, principal interest, taxes, insurance, maintenance, management, vacancy, uh, you know, accounting, miscellaneous, um, trash, uh, water, sewer. Th those are the big ones. And then, and then just say, well, income minus expenses. And like, is it a positive number or a negative number? And just do it like a hundred times. And, and it, it will, you'll get more and more repetition. Repetition is how you learn. So don't be afraid and just, just go, just try it. <laughs> Make your own spreadsheet and just try Matt, does that sound familiar? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> how many how many deals will we run through? <laughs> it good amount. Good amount now. Sure. You'll get there, man. You'll get there. It, that's what Matt just said before is really, really important. If you analyze 20 deals and don't pick one, it's normal. And the people yeah. like the freaks who find a slam dunk on their first one, it doesn't exist in yeah. all practical you know application but you you just keep at it because when you find one and the numbers work you you could see the listing come through if it's on market or if you get the the value that the seller wants you instantly know oh this has the potential to be good um, but the more you do it the more comfortable it'd be so that's really good advice Matt. thank yeah. you sure well and and i um i i actually physically went 
to the properties when I was getting started and then would review them with others. So I would say going, to, not just sitting behind your computer, but getting out and seeing a couple of them with an agent where you think it could make sense. And then working through a group like this and underwriting deals and, and getting feedback. Um, but, the, but the truth is with all the numbers online, you can, there's really no reason that you can't just underwrite a bunch of deals like tonight, <laughs> right? Like just do it. And uh, I hate to be so blunt, but like, just, you know, you can just, just look online. Like I had to physically go and it, 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 there were things online and, but you can do it actually faster. I mean, I was getting up at 6am, you know, it was in my early twenties. I wasn't going out. I was just going, looked at, going to look at properties the next morning and you can bypass like four hours of time and driving around between properties by just looking online. So it's, I think it's, it's simpler today with all the tools you have available. There's some Jim, deal analysis. There's like tools. paid, there's like paid underwriting services. Like, oh gosh, Matt. That, well, I know Bigger Pockets has a calculator. Um, there's other, I mean, you, you, there's other like real estate underwriting tools that you can buy too online. So if you don't, if you're not comfortable making your own spreadsheet, you can just buy a subscription. It could be like 19 bucks a month or something. And like instead of you know going out to lunch or whatever that month, just like skip that and buy a. Uh, a subscription for a month to a real estate calculator, you know? <laughs> if anybody here needs an analysis spreadsheet, we have one, it's very simple. It has all the basics. Bigger Pockets has a copy on there, but you do need a subscription to use it. Um, mm -hmm. We use it with our clients. It's very simple. Has everything you could need up to like five, six units. You could plug in numbers. It'll pump out rough numbers for you to see if it's a good deal. It has a current performing and a future performing tab. So you know what it is. And then there's a tool that actually Richard got us turned on to a while ago, and he has a, a cool discount code if you ever want to go. It's called Deal Machine. I'm not Deal Machine. It's called Deal Check. Deal Check. Deal check. Yeah, and I'll, this put, website, I'll put the link up in the chat. This thing is a, a fantastic tool. It's like 100 bucks a year. If you're going to use it a lot, it's worth the money. I have paid for it over and over again with deals. Um, it'll import active listings into it. It'll pull all the tax records, the uh, fair market rents, the purchase price, everything. And it, it's a really cool report that you can impress a lot of people with if you need to get numbers out there. So if you need a spreadsheet or deal analysis tools, just send us a message where there's tons of them out there, but the big thing is to do it, get used to doing it. So I, I have a question for the group. What What is the, the, and maybe it's different for each person, but what is the biggest challenge that in your businesses or in your journey to get started in real estate that you're experiencing right now? I'll go first. Um, finances. What uh, part of it? Uh, the debt to income ratio. And I have a 1099 contracting job, so which isn't mm -hmm. really making much money at this point. Um, but I haven't had a W-2 job probably in over 10 years. So okay was I had some health problems for like probably five to seven years. I can't remember off the top of my head after I'd have to actually sit down and write the dates down to give you like exacts. Um, so I'm pretty much using my husband's income for everything. And just from all the medical bills and vet bills and just life in general, you know, our debt to income is high. I've never missed a payment on my bills, but it's, you know, pretty significant. So that's kind of where I'm at. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, my if if I could make a suggestion or two, I mean, I, I think that 1099 is is fine. It's not that it's it's not good income, and especially, and I don't know if it's the same uh, role that you've been in, but the lenders do that. They'll obviously count it, especially if it's the same role um, or the same contract. Um, they'll look at maybe two or three years of historic earnings. So I would say, how could you increase that 1099 income? Um, or do an additional contract, um, or even anything, any type of services. And there's, you know, what it's, it's any, these days you could do anything online and get paid for it. Um, so what skills do you have and what skills can you leverage to earn additional income so that you can pay down some of those, uh, debts and things to a level that's, that's bankable. Okay. Yep. And your husband too. I mean, if you're, you know, you're, you're probably going to be partnering together on different things and maybe, and depending on each family's, you know, uh, dynamics, it could be, uh, it's, it's unique to the family, but you know, he could also look at other ways too. Um, or maybe he could take on other roles and, uh, you could focus more on the investing side and education. Like it's, it's conversation with your, your partner and your husband, but, um, there's definitely with more people, there's more opportunities. You can, leverage and get gain more income to pay down those uh th those debts okay thank you sure what other roadblocks are you seeing or just and anyone right yeah actually i'm going to jump back to what uh, she was talking about with the debt to income ratio when you're approaching something, I'm not even a homeowner anymore. Uh, I sold my home many years ago and uh, I'm married, but my husband and I keep separate everything income and um, everything separate. Uh, so if I wanted to buy my first property and I'm 1099, if I wanted to buy my first property, what kind of debt income ratio is the bank looking for as that first investment property? And is it harder depending on the relationship with the bank to get a bank to say yes, if it's an, if it's not an owner-occupied property. Yeah, so um, the I'll answer this two ways. And um, the, the first answer is if the, I hate saying this because it's like a more advanced concept, but if the deal is good enough, there will always be the money there. So you could do like a short-term lender, you could do a hard money lender, um, if you find a good enough deal, you shouldn't have to worry about how to finance it because someone will finance it. Um, but so, but a more traditional answer would be that um, the the banks don't. And I, I'd have to check the current guideline. It might be like forty five percent debt to income, um, and it might be slightly higher, maybe forty eight percent above that. So if you know if if you make uh, uh, five thousand dollars a month just for simple math. Then the your your debt couldn't be more than like uh, I don't know twenty four hundred a month or twenty three hundred something like that. So that that's what I mean by debt to income. So um, that that's the the level that the banks won't want to go above. Um, and then of course there's they want cash reserves too because they don't want you having to live hand to mouth because they don't want the property back. They're not in the property ownership game. They're in the lending mm -hmm. game. So they're also going to want cash reserves. So you have to really look at, well, if I have this money saved up and some of it's going to go to the down payment, well, am I, could I not qualify based on my debt to income? So should I pay down debt? Or 
uh, should, do I need to make sure I have enough reserves after I buy the property so that I'm not getting disqualified based on not having enough cash? So um, you just have and to what look kind of reserve do they look for? Things. Well, let's say six it's... months. Yeah, six months of your, your operating expenses. Okay, so six months operating expenses. Yep. You mentioned short-term financing or hard money financing. How do you yep. find those people? Um, so I've worked with Conquest Funding. Um, I've done probably 30 or 40 transactions with them over the years. Um, so they're good. They're local. Um, uh, so, I mean, that that's just a, an example. Agents can refer you to other hard money lenders. I know there are various other ones. There's like, I don't know. Financial is another one. Um, I never have done a deal with them, but, and I think like DLP Capital. I mean, there's, I, there's probably like 10 others, you know? So you just, you just kind of, you know, Google it and through referral networks, you, you find, uh, you find these lenders. Okay. Cause I, I'm going to actually be, um, more probably more investing uh, in the greater Atlanta area or in the Georgia okay. and Florida uh, areas. So that's Got what it. I'm looking to do. Elaine, most of yeah, those lenders, just word of mouth through there. Yep. If, if the numbers work and there's a conservative buffer and you have the cash reserves, the money will just come from multiple sources. People love yeah. to fund these things. So Got it. Got I would it. talk to an Atlanta based, like a, respected agent and see what kind of private money contacts they have down there yeah, the sense. ones the ones matt mentioned are very well respected in the lehigh valley but i'm not sure if they'd go near atlanta no. sure yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah probably not okay very good no, i like the idea of talking to some agents and finding it okay nope, that's a good idea thank you just like pawn sure. stars everybody has a buddy who has a buddy who has a buddy who could <laughs> hook you up somewhere <laughs> <laughs> Matt, would you mind um, running us through like your um, deal flow or your website if you have something like that you'd be willing yeah, to share? Sure, yeah, let me share my screen. So um, this is one. So um, yeah, this is our family picture. This is a little old because my son's like about a year older than that now. But uh, yeah, so this is our this is our website for Pizon Properties, and. Uh, this is one avenue that we get uh, deal flow. So this site's newer. It's like maybe four or five months old. So I'm not really seeing much traction. Um, I wouldn't really recommend starting out with a website, although you can. Um, I didn't do it, um, but uh, it, it takes a long time to get traction um, and, and buying the site and designing the site. And um, you know, I, I'd recommend some of the other deal funding sources, but or, or deal finding sources, but. Um, people come in here and they basically, um, they can, you know, there, there's like, okay, how do you sell your house the easy way? Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of information about situations that we can help with. I have testimonials on here um, for social proof so that people see, oh yeah, this, this is someone, this is like a real person who worked, you know, these are actual customers. There's a how it works section. Um, so, you know, basically step one, you know, tell us about the property, we'll make an offer, and then you choose if you want to accept it, basically, no, you know, no, no obligation. Um, and then, and then a whole bunch of other like definitions and what we do and, you know, am I going to get a low ball offer? Like I'll just I'll, we're trying to diffuse all these questions that a potential house seller will have. There's a comparison between working with us versus working with an agent. 
and the fees and commissions and other things. Um, so how we differentiate ourselves from agents. Um, and then uh, reviews, um, you know, so again, social proof, like, you know, we're, we're ranked five stars on Facebook, Google, we're accredited with BBB, we're with the Chamber of Commerce, um, you know, we're, uh, we have all the, the social media sites and stuff like that. Here are our testimonials. And so this, you know, and then written testimonials. Um, so again, th this is, this is a long game um, and the internet space is very competitive. So it's not the easiest place to get started. But if you come, if you come over here and I'll show you um, like sell my house fast Allentown, there should be, hopefully it comes up right now. Uh, looks like my ad isn't at the top. Anyway, I'm doing Google ads, like pay-per-click stuff. Let me see, maybe it's at the bottom right now. No, it's not there. Anyway, ads come up for peas on properties on, uh, you know, if someone types in sell my house fast or uh, stuff like that. So these are all tactics that you can try, but it's not cheap. Like I wouldn't recommend if you're getting started out doing this stuff because you could end up spending thousands on leads that go nowhere. In the long run, it, it works and makes sense. But if you're trying to get your first property, I would so like, I'd I'll be crystal clear on this. I would so much rather a newer investor just buy a property and get started and learn, even though it might be closer to market price, like just get started as opposed to waiting a year or two years and spinning your wheels, analysis, paralysis, trying all these different things, you know, websites, pay-per-click. And I'd rather you just go through an agent and buy a traditional investment property on the market, but just do it, then try all these things and waste twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars on nothing, right? So um, these are things that I've developed as I've gained confidence and experience, but I would not recommend these things if you're just starting. I would work through an agent. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and then it, then it talks about our company, you know, I can, I can take you through, but I mean, I'm not going to read all this, but it's basically like we, what we do is we're a local family owned company. And I firmly believe that the best selling experience for someone who wants to sell themselves or wants to sell off market is selling to one of their neighbors who's invested in their community long-term. I firmly believe that. I don't believe that. And, and it's, I'm already, I already own a property on your street or next door. I'm going to own that property if I buy it long term or your property long term. I'm not trying to profit off a situation or flip your property or wholesale your property and try to make a buck on a situation. I'm invested here. I'm from here. And I believe that people work best working person to person with their end buyer, um, not trying to, you know, get, someone trying to get a deal, you know, a flipper or wholesaler, like I, I'm going to buy, own, operate, invest in the community. And that's pretty much what we're all about here. Um, we're, we're owner operators. So we, we treat our, our neighbors with respect and integrity. These are core values. We provide exceptional customer service and we invest back in our community because we are from here. We were neighbors here to everyone that we work with. We own a property very close to them and, and we want to have a good reputation here too, right? So we don't want to be known in a negative way, um, we want to invest in our community. So um, that's a little bit about the website. And then there's different resources for, um, for, for sellers. Um, and, uh, and like I mentioned, how the process works and different, um, different things on our site that, you know, frequently ask questions. And, um, and then of course, of co the option is, you know, get your cash offer, you know, one, two, three main street, 
um, you know, oh, it's an actual Main Street in Easton. So then you submit your phone and an email, boom. And then when they click that, I get an email and then we follow up with the with the lead. So this is a strategy that tons of investors use. This is not like anything that's that sophisticated. So anyone can put up a site. It's just like getting Google to like it. That's the hard part. <laughs> so. Matt, what's I, your, uh, answer your, your question, Matt, on, on the site? What's your return on investment um, in general terms for the money you spend to invest in this um, this website? What kind of return do you get? I know you're trying the SEO and everything to get it further up on Google and to get people to look at it more. But in general, what kind of return on investment do you see from your advertising to a closed so, deal? Yeah, it's it's... So that's a difficult answer to answer or question to answer directly because the deals that I've closed where people have filled out forms, um, it's come from a letter that I sent them um, and it's only like two. So actually my return is very poor online right now. Um, it's not up to where I need it to be, but it's a long game. Um, the ads are, it's a 0% return. So, um, and the website has built proof though. Like it's, I can't say, well, uh, the this deal was closed from the website because I don't really know who looks at the site, but it is kind of like social proof and people will get a letter or they'll get a postcard or they'll get a call from my, v, my VA and then they'll look it up and they'll say, oh, here's this site and you know they're on, they're on BBB and Google and then they'll Google. So like, it's not like a one-to-one -one thing, mm -hmm. but just having it helps. But like the, the, the direct correlated return isn't that good. There are investors that like all their leads come from online. <laughs> like that's not me. <laughs> so that's a really good point. If, if you're going to be doing mailing or direct contact to seller, having something to legitimize you and your business is really important because there's um, the place we just closed. They got a postcard from us. It was a deal, a deal machine postcard and the guy, he liked the postcard, but the biggest thing was that he liked the conversation he had when he called the number on the postcard. It doesn't yeah. matter what is behind your company, how big, how small, it's how you interact and treat people. And because of that, his whole portfolio as he retires is coming our way. And this, this website, even though he might not fill this out, I get website dings anytime somebody visits right from wherever it tells me where the ip address is so when we have a, a ream of marketing go out the website naturally follows and visits from it so it works but you have to have something out there in you know the interwebs showing that you're not just someone trying to you know take advantage so this is really really impressive man that's awesome thank you thank you Matt, I don't have any intention of having a site like this anytime soon, but I may build a site just to have, like you said, some credibility, something for somebody to look at as reference. Um, but you had said something about getting Google to like it when you're referring to your sites. Can yes. you explain that a little bit more for those of us who aren't that familiar with SEO and aren't that familiar with what Google algorithms do anymore? I used to be, but not now. Sure. Uh, the truth is I'm learning this, so I'm not really the most um, the most qualified to answer this question, but I, I am, I've made a lot of mistakes recently. And so I'll, I'll give you the 60 second summary. Google Google's main job 
is to connect a searcher to a solution. Mm-hmm. So that's all they want to do. They, they, they just want to link you to what you want to find. Mm-hmm. So you, and we're all familiar with going to Google and searching. So what I'm trying to do for this website, and there's like a hundred things that they have in their algorithm. And it's, it, you want to be the most relevant site for the search terms that the person typed in so that your site is at the top and they click on it and fill out your form. That's the general idea of SEO. So um, there's a whole bunch of things from age of the domain, like how long has it been there to how active is it? Like how active are you putting content out there? Um, How many other sites refer to your site? Like, so for example, um, US News and World Report, all the the sites are, are linking back to that site or, yeah, realtor.com. The link, link so, back still count is what you're saying. They, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I they do. yeah. Citations okay. is big. Like, um, Citations. Many, okay. yeah. So, like, let's see. I have to find some contact us somewhere on this site. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Here's here's name. It's it's name, address, and uh, phone. They call it NAP. So, like, this is this is important. So, that and then you could you could have it on like the Chamber of Commerce, you know, like Yelp your Google My Business profile, like all these different places. And it's a lot of work to set it all up. So citations is big. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your social proof, like your social media, like it's all, it's all the above. <laughs> it's really all the above. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a long time since I even addressed um, SEO at all. Uh, so I'm, I know that it's a continually changing search parameters and algorithms and that's why i asked so thank you right yeah it changes like they just google just updated their algorithm and no one knows like what really changed you know um Mm. like you you can speculate but like just like coke like they don't give out the formula it's the same with google right so yeah yeah um, but again i mean this is kind of like Having it, having it just a simple site for credibility and you could put a QR code on your marketing materials, I think is really the best way to get started. And even that's a lot of work too, right? So, um, yeah. And Elaine, this might be a good option for you. Something multi-dimensional with not just real estate investment, but your professional background as well. I mean, you have a lot of experience in many industries. Having a uh, an Elaine website that you can direct in various directions, even though it might not be a lead generation for w- real estate. Uh, if you're going to be going that way, um, you can make a website on any of the, the the source companies for a few dollars and have it look very, very professional. Well, that's that's interesting. And that's true. I, I, I had the foresight site a long, long time ago to reserve my own name as a URL. So right. Yeah. Richard's all up on the up and up with that. You could, you guys should connect there. He loves that stuff. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's really skilled with that. Well, I'm going to have a talk with him soon. So that sounds good. Well, I did it for 30 years. So I think I have a handle on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you're such a, such a multifaceted, uh, you're such a multifaceted skill set that I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> so. Does anybody have any other questions or um, really anything for Matt? This has been a ton of information. 
Yeah, I, I just want to say thanks, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Pizan, since we got three of you guys. I want to specifically uh, thank you, Matt, for, uh, for coming on. And, you know, you're such an excellent presenter. And uh, you certainly have uh, your ducks in a row. And the information that you provide has, has been really uh, not only fascinating, but, but accurate and great. So thank you very much for, for coming on board and uh, talking to us. One thing I would like to say, though, is, is we do have, uh, and Matt Morrow, I wanted to let you know that we do have on the REI Partners website the ability for people to sign up to these calls now. So I don't know if I, you saw that, but uh, awesome. that's Thanks. available now. So you don't have to manually keep track of all the people that we have, the hundred and something people that we send out emails to. So, but yeah, thanks again, Matt. Uh, Matt P, you're awesome dude, man. Thank you so much, Richard. Yeah, and thanks, Matt. And, and thanks to the group for all of your questions. And I, I, uh, um, I, I think we're going to link some of uh, my information in the, the show notes. So please reach out if you have any questions. I'm happy to, to help in any way that I can. Um, and uh, um, again, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I hope you found value in, in hearing a little bit of, of my path. This is exactly what we're looking for. Um, you are a real world example of what not not everyone wants to be a full time real estate investor, but there are a lot of people who would love to control their life, their schedule, their outcome of life. And just hearing your story and others in the past, it's it's real world evidence that this is truly possible with enough motivation and education. A lot of burns and scars along the way from things you've learned from. Um, but this is exactly what everybody, including myself, needs to hear. I, I really oh yeah, I mean that's appreciate. that's so true. I mean, look, I'm just a guy. Like well, I didn't grow <laughs> I didn't grow up in a family that was particularly, I mean, we were middle, lower middle class and and like it was just hunger and drive and desire. Um so um you know it really is possible for for everyone if if uh um again like maybe closing the loop if, if you follow the principles you know the, the the rules of the universe right the same for for wealth just just like i did in chemical engineering and and, and in music and also in language grammatically if you follow the rules and you learn them and you understand them and you're hungry enough um the, the results will be the input creates the output right so the the, the results will will happen and it'll be hard as hell <laughs> but uh you, you everyone can do it it's it's uh it, it is possible like i'm just a guy like you said so and nothing good was ever easy and if it is you got to question it right and yeah, you yeah. something in the, in the very beginning that i talked to everyone about i know i spoke to alex and matt and john you know we do this in every transaction Real estate is a people business. And it's one of the first things that Matt mentioned during his presentation. If you're in this to make money and only to make money, I don't want to work with you because that's not the business. It is a people business. You have to be a good person. You have to treat people the way should should be treated and the buildings the way they need to be treated. And if you put good into the universe and always do things for the right reason, it's going to come back to you tenfold. So Matt, you're obviously putting a lot of good out there because I know you don't want to talk about all of it, but you're you're crushing things. So thank you so much for all the information you brought. Sure. One well, and the the um, money is an exchange of value. Like if 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 
there's not value for the purchaser, they're not going to buy. So you have to create value for someone else and you have to understand what they want, need and desire and then deliver that. Um, and, uh, and that's what you do. You're providing a roof over someone's head for their family. And that's a really big responsibility. So, and they, they, they in, in return pay for, for that value, for that shelter. So um, very good. That's a hell of a quote. You should write that down. Copyright <laughs> it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sure. All right, everybody. Any last questions for Matt before we check off early? Because that possible? Great presentation. A lot of insight. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot, Matt. Really appreciate it. Yeah, You're welcome. Thanks. You're very welcome. And All great right. Take care, much everyone. Thank you. Yeah, Matt. We'll connect. Thanks again. Yeah, right, everyone. Have a good night. Later. Okay, bye.